yeah, I got this stupid tattoo on me when I went to Magaluf on a sag do. Uh, can you help me out, mate? I'm just, I'm just sat there like, you know what? No, you should learn to live with your piss poor decisions. <laughs> and like, if you're going to go and do stuff like, you know, having the Nando's chicken tattooed on your leg, like, I think you should be forced to live with that for the rest that of your life. Up. And any of the romantic partners that has forced you to lose. <laughs> Number six, David, what did you put? Yes, welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. I'm your host, David Osger, and I am joined once again by our very own Greg Davies, i.e. the Taskmaster. Hello, Greg. Hello, little Alex Horn. <laughs> so for the people at home, Greg, what, what is the context? What have you been up to virtually this week? Yeah, so uh, a group of friends and I, uh, not including David because he's not cool enough, we basically have a little quiz club. But instead of a quiz for this week, they instead agree to allow me to set them Taskmaster-based challenges. So we had a a variety of interesting things go on, uh, which was great. Uh, One of the challenges was you have to hold five eggs in an unusual way. Somebody did it while they were at work, got caught by their colleagues, and then their colleagues bombarded them with pictures of them holding five eggs. One of them was make the most loving tribute to the Taskmaster. Uh, somebody contacted a load of my friends, including David, who decided to share a lovely anecdote about me driving over a footbridge. <laughs> One of them accidentally, though, made a load of my friends think I was dead. That was that was an interesting thing. Yeah, but in the end, there was an eventual champion, uh, somebody who did a very good job at also creating a word called Craigify. Uh, and uploaded it onto various Wikipedia pages like Craigslist and Only Boys Allowed. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, no, it was just a good fun time. I'm just waiting for David and the rest of our friends to allow me to do it to them. Well, yeah, it sounds fun. If if you at home would like to get challenged to a task by Craig, get in touch. <laughs> and I'm sure he'll be happy to send you send you some tasks. And we'll also have some interesting tasks, I'm sure, from our taskmaster at the end of this episode. But before all of that, we, of course, have our main topic today. And our big question is, is Netflix the best content creator out there at the moment? No. <laughs> See you next week, guys. <laughs> Good record, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for having me. <laughs> On the podcast, we love to talk about the topics we're discussing. And Netflix is obviously a big contender at the moment because of everything that's happening in the world. You just had Extraction, one of their original movies, which is their most watched Netflix original to date with 99 million views. You've had films like The Wrong Missy and we've just had The Old Guard come out, which are fellow Netflix originals, which are also doing very well. And then they've got upcoming projects like Chicken Run 2. They've got Ava DuVernay is involved in a project. You've got the Russo brothers. So they very much are becoming a big contender for Hollywood. And because of the fact that they're syncing up with projects which are like stop motion animation and franchises from the 80s, etc., it does make Netflix look as if they are more for the fans and more for filmmakers. So, you know, that's why we're asking this question today and why we have got our guest uh, who is perfect to talk about Netflix as he has had some experience with them as a filmmaker in the past. It's his first time on the show. 
He is a Welsh film director, athlete and expert in digital marketing. It is Elliot Slade. Hello, Elliot. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So you're currently in Dublin at the moment, but you are from, from Wales as well, yeah, originally. Yeah, from Cardiff, born and bred. Awesome. Good to hear. And uh, <laughs> what is what is the, you saw, what, what's your specialty at, at the moment? So mostly uh, freelance at the moment, videography, photography and digital marketing. But as you know, trying to be, a, you know, a, a director full-time but you've got to have some side jobs to fund that because it's not a cheap hobby let's say no <laughs> so uh what what is your sort of experience with the netflix side of things you worked in america for, for a while yeah. so i my first experience came from a company out in the states um Ride productions who work on netflix productions and they kind of help produce different films they've actually moved a bit to amazon and independent now which is interesting and i'll talk about that later i think they had one of the highest rated itunes films <laughs> to rent um which is what we could talk about kind of where their direction and so i was a i was actually a pa and i consulted a little bit on one of their documentaries and i kind of always keep in touch and they're interested in kind of talking about doing some work over this side of the world soon as well so uh yeah from that in that point of view they've been a great experience of kind of what real production houses are doing and real kind of content creators are doing and then coming around this side of the world it's been a lot more independent and you know locally funded or privately funded productions which still are amazing for creativity but it's it's a different world there yeah, and it's definitely another interesting topic that, you know, we can talk about. And I think it intertwines with it a bit. Just for the viewers at home as well, just to get a feel for yourself as as a film buff and filmmaker, you know, what is it that got you into film? Because I know originally you were sort of, you went to America, et cetera, for, you know, athletics and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's the typical cliche story. I've always loved film. I would get, the big story is I would get kind of, I think it was like three pound a week pocket money or something. And I'd go to Whitchurch and get the VHSs every single week. I'd pick up like, I think it was something, it was ridiculous. I think it was 50p of VHS. So I'd just go and find actually just horror movies. Any horror movie I could find, any old 80s, 90s horror movie I could find. And eventually I kind of watched all of the horror in the world (laughs) that I think (laughs) anyway. And um, then just moved on. But it wasn't until I went to America and spent three weeks there on a training camp that I watched the movie Stoker. And... It just like, I don't know what it, it was like a switch. I was like, holy <laughs> damn, it's, uh, it's, it just like opened my mind to what filmmaking actually could be. And it kind of made me aware of like why I don't like movies and why now I act- absolutely love movies, like tropes and how kind of original it felt at the time. So, uh, yeah, from there it kind of, I was like, right, I want to make films. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's also quite relevant in recent years as well is that you've seen like a big influence on people whether it be through social media streaming a lot more people can get access to this kind Mm. of stuff there's that typical you know it's it's really good in some ways because you're like you need to see this film or you need to see this series and you're like it's on net it's on netflix you you have no excuse not to watch it but Mm. then on the other hand sometimes you can have the the exact opposite of oh well is it on netflix uh, no you you'd have to get it on blu-ray oh well, i'm not you know i'm not making yeah, that exactly. effort you know yeah. like oh <laughs> so yeah it, it it's it's a two-sided coin but definitely a very relevant topic at the moment and uh yeah one which we we are sure to go deep into as to, to like I said the the big question you know is netflix more you know 
creatively open are they the best platform because so many people are signed up to it and they do make themselves look really good because they have so many projects that they link themselves with and so many uh, franchises that they bring back from the dead or you know uh, arrested development for example was you know a sitcom that run for like three seasons and then was cancelled and then brought back like seven or eight years later by netflix because fans you know wanted it so much You know, we'll be talking all about do they work as a platform? You know, some of their original movies, like I said, they've recently had Extraction, The Old Guard. In the past, we've had like Bird Box. You know, are they worthy of praise? And and yeah, are they more creatively inclined when you do look at the fact that you've had directors like Martin Scorsese involved in in the service? Because, you know, it, it they've said that it allows them that bigger creative freedom so you know that's the big topic that we're talking about today and like i said alex uh alex where did i get that from <laughs> elliot uh elliot you are perfect for this topic because uh you're already in our minds because of your social media presence and yourself as a filmmaker uh but then lo and behold i, I check out your instagram and you've got an actual post about <laughs> why you don't like netflix and why uh, why people shouldn't put faith in them so much. So uh, tell us a bit about that, about your thoughts, you know, where, where that sort of yeah. video came from. Okay, so roll with me, like, you know, stop me where you need to and have an argument. <laughs> I'm up for that for sure. Um, but you've said a few things that I'm going to try and touch on quickly. Is one, yeah, one of the biggest issues is the first thing people ask if, if they want to see a film is, is it on Netflix? And if it's not, they're not even going to bother. They're not going to go to HBO Go. They're not going to go find it online or buy the DVD, which is a real issue. Two, yes, absolutely money grabs. Like Avatar does not need a live action adaption whatsoever. I'm a big anime fan in general. I know Avatar's an American show, but like, a, you know, Devilman Crybaby was actually fantastic. And that was a Netflix production. I'm just going to throw out there, that out there. But um it, yes, it, and one of my biggest issues going into this will lead into everything is it's purely based on how much money they can make. And there is, I don't, I really don't think there is any creative love for films, or TVs, or TV shows. And what you were saying about how they're reviving dead kind of franchises is because they know they'll make money and people will watch it. It's, there's no, we love this show. We know the fans love this show. Let's bring it back with, you know, creators who are really passionate about it. It's, it's, no, it's all about how much money that you can make and i and that's through the proof i guess in that is is how they fund produce and kind of put rules on these shows um which are big so my my big issue is their algorithm i mean it just proves everything that instagram are all about is how they keep trying to get you to watch their own shows their own originals which are often absolute crap and you mentioned bird box you mentioned all these kind of originals if you go look at any kind of like average review score they they they're average or below every time because they don't have any kind of risk taking mindset everything has to be a certain way the certain tropes have to follow their other netflix productions that have done well uh, for instance, like uh, if, if a show does well in Netflix, then they'll analyze why the show did well, what tropes that they had, what lines of dialogue they had, what characters they had. Then they'll put that into their next originals because it worked well. So you're not getting you're not getting original content. You're getting rehashed Netflix original stories in different settings and frames, which are, which I think is a huge issue in general, because that then programs people to think that this is good if a film is this way. This is good if this show is written this way instead of why the hell are we seeing the same plots the same stories the same dialogue the same arcs every time 
people start thinking, oh, this is this must be good because this the last show I watched, Stranger Things, was great. So it's like Stranger Things, so it's got to be good. When uh, I mean, it's it's more of how Netflix are are uh, creating this this mindset for people because it's very hard for independent film to thrive anyway. Um, my biggest examples are Ari Aster's films when Hereditary came out and the Robert Eggers' The Witch, two of my favorite recent horror movies that really went against the grain of what horror is and you know they're met with kind of they're met with with a general audience they're met with i either hate this or i it's like game changing with critics it's usually this is great because it's something new but you're not go you're not trying to impress critics really you're trying to impress the general audience um if you want to change cinemas for for instance you know robert eggers the witch had some of the most realistic portrayal of puritan history ever in any medium and uh, i'm not going to go into what like there's been like articles written about how kind of accurate it is but then you show that as a horror movie to someone and they're going to be like that was crap it was just talking and it, it was rubbish like why was there no violence jump scares and this and that's what netflix are kind of pushing is if you need a, if you want a good horror movie then it needs to be like jump scares violence this that this that it's just the idea of their repetitive nature and how that influences our minds going into watch a movie which means that other movies and ever risk-taking productions are not getting enough kind of praise or exposure even i mean look at doom patrol no one knows about doom patrol and it's the most creative show on tv right now and they're doing things that i have never seen ever legion which is an fx show which is now on hulu is genuinely one of the best show i've ever seen and there is absolutely no hype about it outside of kind of people who are into that you know industry whereas you know if you watch legion i'm sure people would be like how the hell are they doing all this? You know. So yeah, it's a long story short, it's what my two issues are. They're doing everything for money and they have absolutely no passion because their algorithm works based on what people like, which means they make more money the more people view it. And the fact the algorithm is shaping the way the general audience, the general population think about movies, which hurts every single other industry. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's also, like you said, when... It comes down to the fact that they have original films and original TV series. Mm. I think it's the fact that, you know, they're juggling that. So you look at, say, this week now, um, they've got the Umbrella Academy season two is coming mm -hmm. out as their big release on the Friday. Whereas, you know, if, if this was the cinema, if this was, you know, a movie theater, then you wouldn't have a 10 episode series premiere on a Friday. So it's, it's strange that you can have one week will be a 10 episode series is their big premiere mm -hmm. Netflix show. The next week it could be a two hour long film. And it's like, you know, hang on, where, where's the consistency, mm. you, you know, kind of thing. So I think as a TV channel almost, you know, it, it works in that sense. But to then mix it in with, with films, it gets a bit confusing because recently, you know, Extraction, which I mentioned at the beginning, is meant to be one of their most watched movies. I couldn't find it. I, it, was, <laughs> it, was not rec it wasn't recommended to me. It, wasn't, it was maybe on the front page for the first five, three, four, five days uh, when it came out. But, you know, I had to search for it. And I was like, mm. this is your most watched movie ever. And I can't find it. You know, I, it's yeah. not on my front page. I went through all of their Amazon, uh, Amazon, their Netflix originals, not there. Went through popular on Netflix, not there. Recommended for you, not there. And it, it's, a, and I, the fact that they have like a banner, which is uh, Netflix originals, they can't fit all their originals in there because there's so, so many. <laughs> 
be fair, David, you're not doing very well with names today, considering you called Elliot Alex, you called Netflix Amazon. Are you sure that it <laughs> wasn't just there and you've just missed it because you thought it was like, you know, Bojack or Probably, probably. And <laughs> there's just so many. Well, that that is Netflix, isn't it? The algorithms go in my head. There's just too many names, too much, too much content. They've hacked me, guys. They've, they've <laughs> infiltrated my brain. What I'm interested in, Elliot, is that I, I think you're I think you're right about the idea of sort of duplicating algorithms and of like the the shows and the films um i'm just interested if you can like if you can like name the sort of examples that come to your mind when you want to think about this uh think about this duplication because i i yeah. got some in my head but i just want to see what yours are like well i like i'm i would say i'm the worst person to talk about netflix with sometimes because i don't i refuse to watch them i mean i haven't seen a netflix production in since god devil man crybaby which was an anime because it was by a fantastic director but what i know is in terms of kind of how they do this is like i said they'll take things out of series or scenes out or dialogue out completely if the viewership goes down during that segment so like so if millions of people leave this segment they're gonna not have anything like that in their next originals because the algorithm says no absolutely not this is making people leave you know um so that's that's the kind of examples i give and so do would you want more specific you say or... i mean if, if any came to your mind naturally like i said i've got ideas in my head of where i can yeah, go yeah, on. Go on. it's happening in practice um so ironically it's uh we discussed last bit bender uh, earlier uh, but the show's basically created by their producers uh since then so like voltron and the dragon prince I've seen scenes like that. You could definitely, you can definitely tell that it's more than just you know the same writer's influence. But it's just the idea of they've taken aspects of those shows and just put them into overdrive. Yeah. So like there are characters who are written in a very sarcastic way, and then they basically turn half of the cast into that type of sarcastic Abs- character. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's absolutely it. That, that's you couldn't like I couldn't say that better. That, that's exactly it. It's a copy and paste format for what works. If the yeah, if the sarcastic character is like big right now and everyone's memeing about it on Twitter, like. They're not stupid they'll they'll put those characters in two shows like that it's yeah you're absolutely spot on and again watching extraction and the old guard you know I, I liked extraction but the old guard i thought was terrible and that was you know chris hemsworth charlie theron two very big hollywood names mm. and they very much were playing very similar characters they were this stoic person with shades you know very serious character um, both based on graphic novel, you know, comic book adaptations as well. And, you know, they both went for the same aesthetic of like, you know, oh, you know, war and, you know, soldiers down on yeah, the ground. Yeah. There was nothing stylistically different um, about them. I think Extraction worked because it had, say, the Russo brothers uh, influence a bit more on it. And there was a bit more in terms of the cinematography, etc. But, but also you were saying, I think before, wasn't it, Elliot, about having characters put in there for you know so you you have to have this type of character and you have to have this yeah. uh female role and you have to have this male character and you know i've never been a big fan of like tokenism so that that kind of stuff does bother me as well yeah that's one of my biggest issues i mean as as someone who identifies as in the lgbt community it, the representation of of lgbt characters is is absolutely like a- offensive like it's so annoying that uh a lot of the characters in Netflix productions who who identify that way, that's their sole trait. That's their personality. That's their character rather than, you know, having 3D development. It's like this character is gay. So this mm. is their entire trait. And this is their, like, this is like, that's their story about how they're gay rather than, you know, a gay person 
having their own story through be like through being the lens of gay instead of it being about that yeah and you know representation is 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 just awful in netflix i think it's one of the worst things and representation is something i'm big about in my own filmmaking as well like i i really think you know male gaze is a huge thing um you know you should have female the writers you know consulting on female characters because just little things like that and you know that netflix are kind of ramping up the tokenism to look good um a lot of the time yeah and that's definitely the case again don't watch the old guard because you literally do have a scene in which uh two characters who are together are taken captive and this guy goes what is he your boyfriend and then they like look at each other and they go into this big like speech about how it's like he's the best person in his life and he's his life partner and it it's just, just makes so, me want to cry yeah like, it's, it's so just bad. it's, it's <laughs> so, so it's so corny but like you said it is the fact that they aren't people apart from that mm. that sole relationship and the worst bit about that is that they've they've apparently lived for hundreds or, or you know a thousand years or something so you're like have you really not developed any more of a personality <laughs> in five hundred years exactly no consistency <laughs> i'm just trying to work out what the hell what the hell is the old guards like it's basically they're all Wolverine without the claws. They've just got their uh, immortal. Isn't that Highlander, but like updated? Uh, yeah, kind I of. Mean, yeah. Under your algorithm theory, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They it is based on a graphic novel, and they are immortals who can live forever. They can't be killed, and. It's also a weird film because the villains have actually got quite a good point in which they're like, we want to capture these people and use them for experiments to cure things like cancer and dementia. And so you're supposed to be on board with the people who are running away from them. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure I would want to get rid of cancer and dementia. Capture these people, please, because, you know, and then they just throw in. Aren't you describing the Maze Runner right now? Yeah, kind of. But at least in that, they could sort of like get away with the whole, you know, they were manipulating you know that it was an evil corporation doing it etc and then they were kind of taking advantage of children etc this is just like four people who they just wanted to capture just to take their dna um, i heard and the soundtrack they, was awful as well yeah like beyond. It, oh yeah they just throw in <laughs> random pop music yeah. on the top of, of fight scenes for some reason what pop music oh they're just generic like songs and it's just like say the the uh one of the characters is going to save their friends then the lyrics are literally like singing I'm not going down without oh my a gosh. fight. I'm not going no. down without it. And you're like, oh, God. Okay, I just wasn't sure if they were like pre-existing pop songs. So if you just turn around, it's like, I just randomly like a Katy Perry track. <laughs> bon Jovi, living on a prayer. Right <laughs> no, it just is like copy and paste again, copy and paste, you know, adverts or music. Yeah. One angle I'm, I'm sort of interested as well is, like I said about before, is the, the TV series versus movies as well, you know, and, and again, that and that idea of having so much content on there, you know, what 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 your guys' experiences were just, you know, there's that classic thing of what do we want, to, you know, what do we watch tonight? And you could be there for an hour looking through, <laughs> through the service. I think it's hard enough, like you're saying, to pick a show. Sometimes I'll spend way too long picking what I'm going to watch because I'm don't want to waste my time and that's why i avoid netflix like the plague because i know i'll waste my time in the first three episodes so i think the movies versus tv thing is quite interesting it's not something i've considered really but i think um you're right kind of to say that netflix is like a tv like the new tv the new like show but 
then it becomes into kind of like binge culture, like 10 episodes released, that's 10 hours then you're going to spend over the next two days instead of like weekly serials like Doctor Who and stuff. I think people just stay on Netflix, which is a problem because they have so much shite that's like people just spend so much time on Netflix that they end up picking a Netflix show instead of, you know, moving to HBO or Hulu or FX or Amazon Prime or whatever. So it's, it's the problem is, is it's not varied content. It's you're, you're just browsing similar content all the time. Yeah. And, and that's why I've always, and that's why I've liked about like Amazon, for instance, I think that they make some really interesting and good content actually is a lot more diverse and feels mm. real than some of the Netflix uh, originals so again it got into a bit of trouble later seasons because of real life events but transparent was like i thought like an excellent series for you know just having a completely diverse cast and just really out there stuff which was not the type of stuff that you saw on tv at all you know i've talked before you know i really enjoyed man in the high castle hmm. you know as far as netflix i you know i have talked before about you know i loved the dark crystal i think because the jim henson company was a lot more involved in that then that managed to avoid a lot of the tropes of uh you know algorithm based they did have a bit of lgbt representation but again it was something that was really really subtle and and done pretty well Mm. and uh umbrella academy i really enjoyed that and that you know that's coming up and again i think that has kind of missed the whole you know algorithm based stuff but but like i said there's so much other stuff on there which is sort of more aimed at teens like sabrina and riverdale and a lot of that gets like chucked at you when the previews come up and you're just like oh this just looks like the same show kind of thing yeah yeah i just take so much persuading to watch anything yeah <laughs> that's that's why i sort of avoid all this like if i go onto netflix it's not the case of right i'm just going to browse see what can come up there usually it's a case of right i specifically am going to watch this thing because i've been told to go on there done and i just avoid all this crap that's why i'm also that's why it's easy for me to jump from platform to platform as well because um I managed to scare David a couple of months ago when I said to him, oh, by the way, I've got Amazon Prime. He's like, oh, right, that, that came out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, I just I, I needed to watch something, so I finally got it. It's like, right, well, what about you could now finish watching The Boys with... Nope, done it. Oh, <laughs> thanks for the heads up. It's like... <laughs> the joys of streaming. What do you guys also think about uh, what we were saying about creatives that get involved? So like Martin Scorsese and you had... Uh, you know, they've had a very good award season that they've just come off with also having Marriage Story in the past. They've had Roma, uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I mentioned before. You know, what do you think about creatives like that going to Netflix? Are we going to start seeing that only the cinemas are going to be filled with the mega tentpole blockbusters and the small films do go on to stream in, whether that be mm. Netflix or Amazon or whichever? Well, I think to start that the this this kind of big Hollywood thing you're talking about with Scorsese and the Coen brothers and stuff is, is actually quite rare. Like, I mean, it's like once a year you get a big director doing a film for Netflix, but if you listen to them talk about Netflix and how kind of constrained they felt, that's uh, that's telling in itself. I mean, Scorsese did the Irishman and I'm sure it made loads of money. Um, but he's Netflix have then been, like no we're not doing your next one which is the what is it the butterfly something something he's always wanted to do that's going to be like his work the work he's always wanted to do he's super passionate about and netflix have just said no and he's like well 
like I need this amount of money for it. Like it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. So it shows again, they're not for the filmmakers. They, you know, the reason the Irishman was released so they can test the new technology. Like that's, I, I believe that's purely so they can market their de-aging technology. Like it, the marketing for the Irishman was nothing about the story. It was how magnificent the de-aging technology was, which was a massive kind of, yeah, like just marketing plan. Like I, I work in marketing myself and it's, you know, it's easy for me to spot what is marketing, what isn't. And, you know, to maybe to people who aren't so kind of, uh, you know, in, into these, the sales and marketing world wouldn't see that. But it's, it's, you know, everything Netflix does is trying to sell you something or trying to make money. And, you know, I did see the ballad of Buster Scruggs and I, and I actually... I thought it was at a massive decrease in quality in the Coen Brothers' work. I mean, a massive Coen Brothers fan. And some of the segments were great. And some of them were just, like, very safe, again, very safe compared to anything they've done before. I mean, that could just be a preference of film. But, um, I mean, who else did you... Who else has been big so on had, Netflix? Uh, Alfonso Cuaron did Roma. Roma, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Roma's great. But yeah. you, could, you could also say that that was, again, Netflix sort of testing out the foreign subtitle mm-hmm. market because, again, yeah. you haven't really seen something like that come come about since. Absolutely. And he's a, he's a very good director as well. But you're right. It, I think you're, it is testing. And now Parasite has done so well. Netflix are going to be way more. You're watching the next year. Netflix put some a lot more foreign content out there. Um, yeah. which... Well, you know, uh, Bong Joon-ho, like, he didn't start with Netflix, but he did uh, Okja for them as well. So yeah, Oh, he did, that, yeah. He did. Yeah, so. I know that before, two years ago, everyone sort of sort of laughed at the idea of Netflix being an awards contender because, you know, it's Netflix and everyone just said, yeah. well, they're cash grabby. But now they're in a position where they, have, where they have been responsible for quite a few strong, reputable films, regardless yeah. of whatever quality they have. I think they have the ability to go, yeah, we want to do this to to get this and then people yeah. are going to be more inclined to believe it even if there is still an inherent snobbery potentially about the idea of well is that quality is that is that mm. quality necessarily going to be there behind say like a major studio in the cinemas yeah, too- they- yeah it'll be fun to see you're, you're so right they've got they've got so much money now that it doesn't really matter like they can produce so much rubbish but like as long as that kind of one sticks or two stick then like that's what really matters to them. I mean, if they're making billions, like they've got, I mean, it's like Disney. Disney are becoming a monopoly on on everything. It's it's. I think we're going to see Netflix versus Disney very soon. And, and that's very much the situation you have got in you know that Disney Plus is going for that weekly release schedule, mm. you know, format, and you know they're coming up with their big franchises, and Netflix is at the same time trying to make their big franchises to to rival them, and. And yeah, I think sometimes you also get the unfortunate uh, aspect of things that get dumped on Netflix. So like recent, you know, examples that I saw noted down, you had like Annihilation, uh, mm. you had um, Andy Serkis did that Jungle Book adaptation, which is Mowgli, but because mm. that was coming out like not long after the Disney version, then it just got dumped on Netflix. And then you recently had Lovebirds, which couldn't, you know, couldn't open in the cinema. So, yeah, just dump it on Netflix. And it's like, it's that idea of like films that potentially could, could have had a nice audience is in, you know, nice audience in cinemas. Absolutely. And then maybe more lost on the service. And 
And I think sometimes when I do watch some of these films, I'm, I'm watching them thinking, I think I would have given this a higher rating or would have liked it more in the cinema. because again, Annihilation especially. Annihilation yeah. is made for cinema. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you can see why currently Christopher Nolan is like, no, Tenet needs to release in cinemas because, you know, yeah. he's all about IMAX and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, yeah, no, I, I love that. I lo- like, I actually love Christopher Nolan's stubbornness to keep Tenet in cinemas, like, and not release it. Because, you know, Nolan, is, as popular as he is, is absolutely phenomenal. Like, he's yeah. he's a game-changing filmmaker. So, like, I'm glad he hasn't kind of succumbed to, all right, I'll just put it on streaming. One last one for me in terms of when we're talking about things lost in the library and uh, things that are dumped on Netflix. I'm, I'm still sour at Netflix for not renewing American Vandal, which was a uh, Netflix original mockumentary series that they did, which had two amazing f- seasons. I loved them so much. They are so inventive. They are they're unlike any comedy I've seen on television. Brilliant. And there's so many people who are angry and like disappointed that they didn't renew it. But again, it just comes down to that, like, well, it's, it's not bringing in en- enough subscribers. And that's the problem yeah. with their business model. It's not so much about how many people are watching it. They need to attract new people. So even 50 million people could watch it. Well, if those 50 million people have been subscribed for five years, that's not useful to yeah. Netflix. They that's need not to bring a conversion. In, yeah. Exactly. So they need to bring in new audiences. And I think that you know the fact that they're doing chicken run two is again screams to me that they're like okay well let's get the Ardman you know people in here yeah, and yeah. let's get the, the jim henson you know we got the jim henson people now after dark crystal we don't need to to make another dark crystal series because we already got them so but yeah whereas like american vandal was like genuinely like a good series and had some fantastic writing but again i i've spoken to loads of people who be like oh i've never seen that and i'm like search it mm. and they're like oh i never saw this recommended before it's like because it probably was lost in 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 the library of content. Yeah, it's so, probably not trendy anymore for Netflix. I mean, no. I remember watching American Vandal when it came out, and it was it was hilarious. Like it's that you know super bad type humor, stupid, dumb, but yeah. it's actually really well written. Yeah. Um, but it, it it must have what yeah, like you said, it's either not attracted new subscribers or you know only ten million people watched the new season instead of fifty, mm. which they want. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to lie, I completely forgot that it existed. Exactly, <laughs> you've proven my point. <laughs> because when it came out, I didn't have Netflix, right? So now I do, thanks, David. <laughs> I should actually go back and watch it. I yeah. might watch that again, actually. It is, it is great. <laughs> I mean, it would, make, it would be better than one of the last series that I watched in full, which I came out with problematic views on, which uh, under the anime category, uh, I was encouraged to watch, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this, Ellie, uh, Beastars. No, I haven't known her. Okay. Uh, it's, it's made me question a lot of what the hell is going on in my life. Because <laughs> uh, the basic concept of it is a world in which animals can basically talk and interact. With oh, them. I've heard of it. Yeah. 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 And basically, the, it's the weird dynamic of it being within a high school setting with animals. So that certain animals don't know if they want to eat each other or have sex with each other. And it's just, you know, I don't <laughs> think I'm a furry. <laughs> like... I, I don't know. You're on the That's, edge. You're on the edge. Talking about I, the edge is a bad thing to talk about when we're talking <laughs> about bestiality. When I saw that on Netflix, the trailers, I was like, this is them trying to appeal to the fury market. <laughs> They're appealing to everyone. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, do you know what was popular? Zootopia. Let's make an adult yeah, version of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I was surprised watching Cursed. I was like, 
these are really bad endings of episodes for for a company that's meant to be the best at this kind of like you want to click next and it's mm-hmm. literally there as a little preview icon like starting in five seconds you know and you're like oh go on then but the endings of each episode i was like I don't feel I need to watch the next episode. This, you know, I don't feel... But where's American Vandal? That was really good at, like, you know, because, again, it was the crime element, and they were like, yeah. oh, is it this person? And then you'd be like, I need to watch the next one. So, you know, they are sometimes good at that and sometimes not. Yeah, that one must have slipped under the radar. You're right. One of the big things they do is every episode must end on a cliffhanger, especially if it's a big series. I don't think any series that's like on their top like 50 or 100 will not have kind of a cliffhanger which i mean you could say there's a good is a good trope or a bad trope but again when you're forcing people to do something i think you're you're crushing creativity like you're forcing cliffhangers instead of you know just naturally telling a story it's like when you direct um a scene uh, one of the big things you know in film compared to theater is that you let the actor have complete freedom and as soon as you kind of say go stand there or cry in the scene or uh smile in the scene you're you're a bad director because you're telling the actor to do something and it crushes their own kind of interpretation and creativity and i think that directly applies to how you produce a show too mm. yeah definitely uh so yeah, I think that sort of sums up like our opinions on Netflix. It is very problematic, and, and yeah, I think our question goes back to what you said originally, Elliot. No, they are not the most creative <laughs> no. uh, platform. Out I think there. just I think the big thing is if I can like if n- not that anyone should listen to me, but like <laughs> just like look around, like don't you know when you say to yourself, "Is it on Netflix?" Don't let that yeah. be kind of the okay. I'm not going to watch it. Like. You know, I know it's expensive to all these streaming things, but I don't know. Just look around. You know, there's so much good out there. HBO's now here. I mean, Apple are coming out with their Foundation series, which is like going to be one of the biggest sci-fi things. Like, just please shop around and be aware of of the tropes that Netflix are throwing at you, so you can start to see. You know, that you're being kind of targeted as this like you're part of the algorithm like instead of an individual like just just be aware and look, look around and go you know go search for shows like go type on google best shows outside of netflix like do stuff like that i don't know yeah <laughs> and and if you do see a film on netflix you like didn't intend to watch or were surprised by then use that as a reason to then go to the cinema and watch something you didn't yeah. intend to watch watch something that's like completely you didn't expect you know like so if you just check on something on netflix and they go oh that was actually really good well do that at the cinema you know go support like these smaller films that that need you to to go do exactly that from everything we've talked about today and uh, no pressure guys you know we we've got our usual segment which is the movie vault so we usually input a film uh, or series of films that we think represent the topics that we've discussed and today we've talked quite a big variety of, of films so uh and elliot as you are new to the show you know if there's anything that you think that should be in the movie vault which should be preserved for all time if anybody was to look at this this vault and and use it as a, a manual for uh for film and 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 what to learn from it etc is there anything that comes to mind two um if you haven't put human traffic please put human traffic in i mean human traffic is I, I don't know if you've seen it or if you haven't, but it is a film that reeks of like full creative control from a local Welsh director who 
not only made one of the realest feeling things, it's about uh, a group of lads from, I think, near Cardiff who go on a night out in Cardiff, but it's about their relationships and kind of drug culture in Cardiff. And, and he very much himself, the director, was involved in that. And I think he's making number two, but it's just a very, it's John Sim as well, like one of his, and it's one of, um, what's his name? Um, the English fella who everyone knows, um, who's like the tough guy in, whatever his name i can't remember his name is super famous but he won he's young and it's just a fantastic representation of indie film at its top like a, just an unknown director and he did a video series of like him trying to fund the film and it, it's just wonderful to see and then second uh if you haven't put extra um down uh, let me just find i think it's david wallace um oh, the horror movie sorry are you on about danny dyer in terms of danny dyer film? yeah that's it <laughs> danny dyer now um, on EastEnders, oh, how far you've like fallen, 15, Danny? Like, <laughs> all the people I was thinking of, Danny Dyer was like the last person. Really? <laughs> yeah, but... I was thinking of Jason Statham. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, actually, fair play. Um, yeah, he's like 15 and he's just wonderful. Like, absolutely wonderful. Isn't it? To be fair, Human Traffic, uh, like we, we said about before, you know, what films you should watch, you know, film school, like how to learn film. That was one of the first films I watched oh, again awesome. in university. I think there was like a book which was like, oh, you know, shots in film. And, and I think my lecturers must just put a lot of emphasis on Human Traffic because obviously it's a local film. And it was just like right there in the, the student library. Like, you know, pick me, you know, because oh, obviously they wanted people to watch it. And yeah, yeah. you know, it is fantastic. I think it's, I genuinely think it's the best Welsh film ever made, which is just because of the creativity of it. Like it, it, it's just not held, held back by anything but the director's vision. And that is so rare. Like even like the fact that you'll just have a scene where they had the top, um, one of the biggest drug movers on, in Europe who was arrested for like five years, <laughs> hold all the cocaine, just do a segment talking about how to smoke weed. Like, and I'm not a drug person at all. It was just mm. like, like, how did you think of that? Like wh- how, like what? But he fits it into the film really well. Like it's just, it's just so wonderful to see. Yeah, um, and I think so, there's a lot of influences from it as well. Like I've seen a bunch of stuff after afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, I think they got that from Human Traffic. Absolutely, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And then Extro, then I'll then I'll shut up. Is is the next one by Harry Davenport is one of the weirdest movies you could ever see. It's a horror, but again, it's like the pin- pinnacle of of. It's a it's a lesson. It's indie filmmaking. Like some people might say, it's the worst film ever. But like some may say, it's a it's a film that again has no creative control. It's like I think I can't remember. Does a woman give birth to a fully grown man or something? But it's about like an alien, and it's but it's just like a delight to be like, what is going on? I mean, and I think that needs to be kind of spoken about more because we're losing that sense of authenticity as well. Like the the la- the lack of creative control. And while I've complained about kind of directors doing what they want and like having this arrogance there is a certain kind of respect for filmmaking that that is lost that you can see in extra um and like human traffic so i think the the poster for extra just is worthy of being in a vault in zone you know the <laughs> fact you've got this like red-eyed alien behind this yeah. creepy looking child it's like yeah that's like pure like if you want right the there. weirdest evening of your life watch extra <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely think Human Traffic and Extra is a good shout because, like I said, you're covering off that. Like you said, I think that's, you know, perfect representation of independent cinema is that you could think it's the worst film ever or you could think it's like a work of genius, which... Um, less. I'm, I'm in support of those. But one I would like to throw in there, I don't know if you guys have had any experience with, for the Netflix side, is I Am Mother. Yeah, the, I saw that with the robot, right? Yeah. Well, what do you think of that? It was actually okay. 
Like, I, yeah. I mean, I don't remember racing it like heavily, but I was kind of surprised the direction they did take. Like, it was, what was it? Is it, um, what's her name? Uh, Hilary Swank, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got Hilary Swank and Rose Byrne sort of yeah. does the voice of the robot. And yeah, it's not exactly the most original sci fi film. Like, yeah, you could watch things like Moon and, mm. uh, gravity a lot of sci-fi films that follow the same sort of tropes but i just felt that that again was something that was like had a clear message was going for mm. you know a lot of creativity the performances are excellent i think the young girl yeah. in it is fantastic which again is quite rare for a film like that and yeah it was just good for budgets or sci-fi as well because i think the guys who do the fx vfx act artist react corridor crew i think they yeah, did work on yeah. that on that film yeah. uh, so i think that for me, would be one that I think is a good representation of a Netflix original. I'd agree with that, actually. I'd yeah. say if, if you're looking at kind of the average to good, then that film would fit there for sure. Mm. Yeah, I remember not hating it, which is big <laughs> for me in Netflix. So. Yeah. I'm fine with that, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it, but if you guys are giving it recommendations, that's fine. Yeah. I'm happy with those three. Yeah, okay. So going into the movie vault this week then is Extro. I, <laughs> I am mother and human traffic. Into the movie vault you go. All right, end game time. So this is a game I like to call stream if you want to go faster. What I've done is basically on the, on the basis of Netflix and their algorithms, one of the things they're trying to push is the idea of what is popular in your country today. So they literally have a category at the bottom, which will basically tell you uh, what the most popular films are in the UK of the day, what the most popular TV shows are of the day. So I thought I'd try a little experiment to see how well you guys can guess what the public are watching on Netflix. That's cool. <laughs> we're going to do three rounds of this so one so the first round is going to be what are the 10 most popular films in the uk today what are the 10 most popular tv shows in the uk today and then what are the 10 most popular films and or tv shows streamed in 2019 according to nme magazine but to make this fair, what the, what the game is, I'm not going to just get you to pluck things out of random because... <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> that would be cruel, and that would also expect you to understand the absolute lunacy of the UK population because some of these choices are <laughs> what on earth. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the 10, uh, the 10 pieces of media, and I want you to put them in the order oh, of what, cool. you think, what you think the 1 to 10 would be. Yeah. So basically, you'll score a point if what you've put in that position is in that position is in that position. And then at the end of the round, the person who has the most points basically wins that round. And then it's the winner of the best two are free. Cool. So what's the order of these 10 films? Animal crackers, black Klansman, fatal affair, searching, slender man, terminator salvation, the Equalizer 2, The Kissing Booth, <laughs> Equalizer two. The Kissing Booth 2, and The Old Guard. Uh, what I should also mention is basically I'm only going to give you a minute to make your choices. Okay. So basically, right. uh, I'm just going to play the sound from Countdown. 
to make things atmospheric. Right. Pressure's on. That's one minute. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll basically, we're going to go from reverse order. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to say 10. I'm going to ask for what you believe okay, good. 10th most watched is. If we type uh, it, I'll say it. Oh, say uh, it. You'll, you'll say it, because uh, I, I trust you guys. Because <laughs> um, there's no way you'll be able to game this system, I don't think. Uh, but you'll say it, and then I'll tell you what the actual number 10 film is. So we'll start with David. Uh, of so- those... What's your 10th? What do you think is the 10th most watched of today? Um, I've put Searching. I can't remember what this film is. I, I recognize pretty much all the others, but but it just seemed like a vague sort of film, which is all might have appeared at the bottom. Okay. Elliot? I'm going to say Fatal Affair, because I've never heard of it. Okay, so David, so yes. you said Searching. You are... Oh. Elliot, you said Fatal Affair. You are... Oh. The answer is it's Slender Man. Oh. oh, okay. See, I I think I saw that like yesterday or Saturday, and it was like higher up then. So. So number nine, Elliot. Fatal Affair. <laughs> Can't repeat films. It's literally you should have written out a, an order. Oh, sorry. We're okay. Yeah, no, I didn't. Write. I said Fatal Affair. You can't say Fatal Affair again. Uh, the Kiss and Move Two. Okay. David? Uh, I've gone for The Equalizer 2. <laughs> Battle of the, the sequels. Okay, David, you are... <laughs> Elliot, you are... <laughs> Do you want to know what number nine actually was? Go. It Two. was Fatal Affair. Oh. <laughs> oh if only Craig was kind. <laughs> I'm not going to be kind. I'm going to give you half a point for that. Oh, there you go. Because it... Cause the thing is, as well, you're going to have to say Slender Man for one of the higher-ups. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean now. Yeah. The, I know that the kissing booth is brand new, so that, that's where I knew it wasn't that low. Okay. Uh, for number eight, David. Uh, I've gone for Terminator Salvation. Or, as I've listed, Tomb. <laughs> I'm going to throw mine away, Slender Man. Okay, so I'll say you are both... <laughs> Mm. Number eight was the Equalizer two. Uh, oh, okay. Damn God it. damn it! Yeah, I so I said that. I had the same thing. I was like one behind. <laughs> so we're now at number seven. Yeah, uh, Alan Moore Crackers. Never heard of it. Uh, seventh, I've put uh, this throwaway Fatal Affair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you are both. Oh my God! It's Black Klansman. <laughs> oh wow. 
that's only just landed on there. That's not very high up for something just released. <laughs> the hype's gone. The hype's gone. Maybe. Yeah, two hours gone. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just too close to home for some people. What with what's going on? Yeah. True. So, uh, number six, David. Um, I've gone for old G or the old guard. <laughs> okay, Elliot. Well, I have to go for searching. I'm throwing that one away too. Because I didn't say searching, did I? No. You haven't said searching. I okay, said so I'll say searching. searching. Okay. This is going well for you guys. Uh, that one was Animal Crackers. Oh, okay. Poor oh, Animal Crackers. That's just come out and it's very low down. <laughs> David, number five. That I went for Slender Man because I thought I had seen it higher up. So Equalize. Wait. We've, well. You haven't said Equalizer 2. But that's been an answer, right? That has been an answer. Okay, yeah. Equalizer 2 then. For both of you. Throw so my... this one was searching. You, uh... Interesting thing, David's number 10 and 5 are basically swapped to what they actually are. Uh... <laughs> the answered searching is number 10 and Slender Man is number 5. It's the other way around. Oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 4, Elliot. Wait, have I said Terminator Salvation? You haven't. I'll say that. Okay, David. So this is four, yeah? This is number four. Yeah, um, I had gone for Black Klansman, so again, throw away. Okay. Well, David, we already know is... Elliot? Oh! (laughs) It's all riding on the top three for me. How is that so high? Why? I know, right? That's that, mad. That has no relevance. When did that come out? Like five years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that. Yeah, jeez. Maybe it did just drop today. And yeah. Number three, David. So this, I've gone Kissing Booth 1, because I know the Kissing Booth 2 is new and people are watching them together. Elliot? I would say the Kissing Booth. You are both. Eh. Hey. <laughs> You're both correct. Number two. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So, number two, Elliot. Oh, I guess I have to say Black Lansman then. Because I know All God's got to be number one. Okay, and David? Uh, I had written down Animal Crackers, so again, throw that away. Because I'm fairly confident in the top, but I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so you are both, for reasons we already know, Number two is the old guard. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Which means number one of today is the Kissing Booth 2. Wow! Yay, I was right. (laughs) I've never heard of the Kissing Booth. I had never heard of it until it had come out, but yeah. So you are forced into your answers. So Elliot, you are. David, you are. But is it enough? So at the end of that round, and it's a close round, <laughs> David has two, Elliot has two and a half. Uh, damn your generosity, Craig. <laughs> Thank you. So in terms of round one, the winner is Elliot. Hey. My lack of knowledge. <laughs> Maybe this, t- and it'll be useful for the next two rounds for you to also write down your answers. <laughs> yeah, I will this time. So. Uh, but yeah, I had to be generous, otherwise that would have been a tie-break, and I would have been screwed, because I had nothing planned. <laughs> okay, so are we ready for the top 10 TV shows of today? Oh, jeez, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I've also written these... Is this just Netflix or general? Uh, Netflix. Okay, cool. 
I'm not going to have any clue. <laughs> I'd love it if they had a metric to measure all TV, like most popular Every- TV shows everywhere. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be like BBC News or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So see. we've got 24 hours in A&E, body fixes, cursed, down to earth, fear city, New York versus the mafia, Indian matchmaking, Norsemen, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, the business of drugs, and unsolved mysteries. This just goes to show, like I said, the type of thing people watch. <laughs> so have, so again, your time this? starts now. Uh, we'll start with Ted. David, what did you go for? Uh, I went for 24 hours in A&E. And then Elliot? Fear City. So for that one, Elliot, you are... David, you are... <laughs> uh, the answer is Norsemen. Uh I've heard of that, though. That's weird. Yeah, it kept getting recommended to me at the end of everything I was watching recently. Oh, maybe. And it's that's like, what it is. Yeah. yeah, I think they're trying to encourage people to see it. <laughs> yeah, it looks dumb. So, Okay, number nine. Elliot? Business of drugs. David? Uh, Indian matchmaking. Okay. David, you are... Elliot, you are... Oh. Oh. The business of drugs was indeed the ninth watch show of today. Mm. Wow. Yep. I give people too much credit for how interested they are in drugs, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you give people too much credit generally. <laughs> yeah. Right, number eight, David. That I've gone for. Sorry, I've like hidden the chat. What's it called? Body Fixers, is it? Yeah, Body Fixers. A, a show which is a spin-off of Tattoo Fixers, and you know how much I despise that program. <laughs> Once Body Fixers actually comes up, I will talk to you about the premise of the show and why I, I also despise that. Uh, what's your... 24 hours in A&E. Both gone for <laughs> body manipulation programs. <laughs> Elliot, it is 24 oh. hours in A&E. <laughs> so that's uh, two points so far. It's looking good. Uh, number seven. Elliot, what did you go for this one? Down to Earth. David. Uh, I also went for Down to Earth. Oh, that's good. Oh. <laughs> that one was body fixes. Uh, right. 
Yeah, so basically, this is essentially the evolution of tattoo fixes, where people go on saying, like, hi, this thing is wrong with my body. Usually, it's a case of, I've done something stupid to my body. Can you fix it? Oh. I, half the time, I'm watching it, because, well, I've not watched it, because I watch tattoo fixes, where that's just like, yeah, I got this stupid tattoo on me when I went to Magaluf on a sag do. Uh, can you help me out, mate? And I'm, just, I'm just sat there like, you know what? No, you should learn to live with your piss-poor decisions. <laughs> and, like, if you're going to go and do stuff like, you know, having the Nando's chicken tattooed on your leg, like, I think you should be forced to live with that for the rest of your yeah. life. And any of the romantic partners that has forced you to lose. <laughs> Number six, David, what did you put? I put, this is going to be a loss, so uh, Norse men, is it? Same, body fixes. Cool, I'm not going to worry you with the sound, because this is a lot of That was Indian, uh, Indian matchmaking. So that's good news for David, in a sense. Yeah, it's bad news for me. It means that pretty much all of David's... Yeah, yes. he hasn't mentioned much, so he's got some left. Uh, so David, what do you think number five is? Uh, I thought that was... Dr- uh, what's it? The business of drugs. Uh, yes. So again, throw away. So we know that's going to be wrong. I'll just do that now. Indian matchmaking, right. Oh, good. <laughs> that was down to earth. Okay, so number four. All right, so number four. Elliot, what do you think this was? Oh, uh, hold on. Oh, I've missed one. What have I missed? What? Oh, Nor- Norseman. Norseman. Yeah. And David? Uh, I've gone for Unresolved Mysteries. Okay, I thought it was Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, sorry. Whatever. Okay, well, Elliot, <laughs> what we already know is... David? Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh damn it. I thought that was a huge show. I knew the mystery element would be something that would be high up there, but I just know if other stuff's just landed, it might be. All there. the podcasts I listen to is talk about that unsolved mystery. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay, so at this point, uh, David has one, Elliot has two. Elliot, what do you think the third most popular is? Uh... So according to this list you sent me, <laughs> at this point, I now assume it's Cursed RuPaul, then Unresolved? Uh, yeah, since we're not allowed to change, I'll just go for damn it, cursed. Okay, and then David. Yeah, th- this is a difficult one. I this one I've gone for. Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Is that a big show? It's. I know it's just landed, so that's where I I was right. hoping that you know. Well, this not. is going to be in. This is going to be interesting because is it cursed? Is it Fear City? Oh. It's RuPaul. Oh, oh, damn it. <laughs> really? I underestimated how popular RuPaul was. I thought RuPaul was like the most popular. Yeah. Like one of the most unresolved issues. Again, I think it has just gone on there, so it might just be a case of people waiting to get around to it kind of thing. So I'm out. Like I'm done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so what you're saying is your next two choices are definitely. Oh, they. Oh, yeah, yeah my RuPaul's wrong. Unresolved, unresolved okay, mystery. So we'll just. So at this point, it comes down to has David got anything correct in the top two? Oh, it comes. So David, what's your number two? Cursed. Oh, oh God! What's number one? Cyber RuPaul is number one, but also it's the Fear City. It's Fear City. So the very thing you played. I, I put an F and I crossed it out. I was gonna put Fear City because I was like, I've oh. never heard of Fear City. What it, is it? It's literally, it's yeah, it's just come out. It's like about how the mafia used to control New York, and oh I was like, oh, God. people are gonna love, like, 
Love that. That's murder. That's that's everything, isn't it? But I just thought maybe it's a bit lower because it's only just come out. So you have physical evidence of you having put it near the top to begin with. So what I'm going to do is, that for the sake of generosity slash not doing a tiebreak, uh, I'm going to give you half a point. So the, the winner of that one is yeah. David. <laughs> so we'll have a definite winner. I wonder what this one's going to be. TV shows, movies. Yeah, so this one, no, this one is, uh, according to a list published by NME, uh, what oh, the yeah. 10 most popular streams of 2019 are. 2019. So these are going to have, uh, 2019, sorry. So this is going to have things you will almost certainly have heard of, which in some ways will make it easier and a lot harder. Are we ready? Ready. Okay. So you've got the disappearance of Madeline McCann, Six Underground, Afterlife, Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy Tapes limited series, Murder Mystery, Our Planet, Sex Education, Stranger Things Free. Is this the most watched? Yes. Okay. Your time. Now. So this one is going to be interesting. I have no idea. <laughs> it's pure guesswork. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Because you, because it, you have to be able to tell based on when things were released as well, in terms of how much it would be going on. Okay, so let's start with David. What do you think the tenth most watched of twenty nineteen is? Uh, so I've put this as the. T- tapes, tapes limited, limited series because I never, never heard of that. that so. Conversations with a killer. Oh, is that all the same thing? The same, yeah. It's because otherwise uh, there'd be eleven things. Oh, uh, oh, I see. Right. So what have I done? Have I left just put the Ted, You've just put the Ted Bundy tapes limited series. So whatever oh, you put, conversations with a killer is. Oh, I see what I've I see what I've done now. Okay, right. I'm just gonna have to go for uh, sex education then because I left that out. What? So you left out sex education. Yeah, because I thought I thought tapes was I was like, what a weird name for a program, tapes. Okay. <laughs> Elliot? Uh Murder Mystery. Never heard of it. Okay, for that one, you are both. Yeah. The tenth most watched was Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy Tapes oh, series. God. God damn it. Wow, I would have thought that was much higher. Yeah, but so I did think it's huge. much higher. And you know what? Usually, I've been generous in this, and I've given half points. I'm not because I tried to give you a chance. And you were just <laughs> yeah. like sex education. Well, because I was that confident that Ted Bundy would have been higher. So yeah. Yeah, I but, remember everyone got on about that. The sex education is the one that I left out, so I had to put it in there. Otherwise, it would have ruined everything else up ahead. <laughs> All right, whatever. Okay, fine. Well, <laughs> you get nothing. 
number you nine, El- Elliot. <laughs> our planet. David? Uh, I've also gone for our planet. Well, you are both. Uh. That's sex education. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, David, David's paying for it now. Uh, keeping with David, what do you think number eight is? Uh, afterlife. I had sex education. Okay, you are both. <laughs> it's our planet. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> We're just always one step behind the general Number planet. seven, David. Uh, murder mystery. Elliot? Afterlife. So... David, you are. Elliot, you are. Oh. This is a shocker. It's Stranger Things free. What? But then, was that out last year? Was that out 2018, or was it actually out last? It was out last year. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh my gosh! What? It's got to be The Witcher number one. I guarantee it. Number six, Elliot. What do you think it is? Uh, Six Underground. Never heard of it. Six, six underground, yeah. Um, interesting logic. <laughs> Didn't pay off. That's afterlife. Oh my gosh. This is so six, uh, six underground is the Michael Bay film, which Michael, I, I Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to say. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh shit, so that's a pretty big film. Yeah, I, I suppose I just give other stuff more credit. <laughs> that's what was so shocking about this year. Number five, David. This is a throwaway, but I'm glad I put it lower down. Is Stranger Things 3. Madeleine McCann. So David, we know, is... Elliot? Oh, The Irishman. Oh, oh was, I've got everything wrong. I was oh thinking my of him for f- number five, but... Uh, again, I'm out for the whole game. Oh, God. <laughs> the Witch is number one, I guarantee it. I just it. need to be right. <laughs> you just need to be right once. Number four, Elliot. Uh, Irishman. David? Madeline McCann. Okay, so we've already had the Irishman, so we know that Elliot is. David, was number four Madeline McCann? Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry, Elliot. Number four was The Witcher. Oh. Oh, what? Wasn't it like the highest grossing Netflix thing of all time? I thought so, yeah. Yeah, but apparently not according to this list from NME, not... Oh my god, I have no idea what's going on. So I don't know if it's possible for any of you to get any points for this round. Mm, yeah. Let's see, David, what's your number three? No, it's not possible, yeah, so it's the it's Irishman. <laughs> the Witcher. <laughs> that's, that's murder mystery. What the uh, hell? Number two. Conversations with a killer. Yeah, I put I put conversations with a killer. Six Underground. Oh, those original movies are doing really well. Actually, we said it. And, in, uh, and number one, Stranger Things. And I put I put The Witcher. What? What oh, is wait. it? It's Madeline McCann. The disappearance of Madeline McCann. Wow. That oh does that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, the I know. It's yeah. a draw. It's yeah. a straight draw. So I have to quickly come up with a tiebreak. And basically what I'm going to do in order to decide the game is going to be essentially a you get it right, you win, you get it wrong, you lose situation. Okay. But according to a Forbes, uh, a Forbes article looking at the second quarter of 2020, 
Mm-hmm. What is the most streamed TV show? The most streamed TV show on Netflix. As of or this year? Oh, this quarter, sorry. Like during, of all time. Du- during, during this quarter. This quarter. During this quarter. TV show. Yeah. So I'll give you a choice of three Killing Eve, Money Heist, Rick and Morty, or Ozark. So I'll give you a choice of four. Okay, well, uh, looking at the answers, we've got a winner. Okay. So Elliot has sent me Ozark. David has sent me Rick and Morty. So the winner of the end game, stream if you want to go faster, <laughs> is David. Oh. Yeah, Rick and Morty, uh, Rick and Morty had wow. 9.7 as opposed to the next highest, which was Money Heist with 7.7. Then Jeez. it was Ozark, then it was uh, Killing Eve. I was so wrong. I thought Rick and Morty, because the British didn't have the streaming, they had it on Channel 4. So I was like, it can't be. Yeah. But I guess the Americans love Rick and Morty. And I think they, even though Channel 4 had it first, they then, once Channel 4's lost the rights, they'll put it on, like, Netflix after that. So I know but they... Is, it, is the new season on Netflix? The first half of it is, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I thought it wasn't on Netflix. The second half I, oh. had just been on Channel 4, but that's not Fair on enough. Netflix yet. But yeah. I didn't know Rick and Morty was on Netflix. Fair enough. Great game, lads. That, that was one of the most close, tense ones we've had for a while. <laughs> that second round, I had no yeah. idea what was going on. Neither of us, neither of us did, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, lads. Yeah, thank you, Craig. And uh, thank you for joining us, Elliot. We had a very interesting episode. Lots of discussions in this episode. A lot of interesting takeaways. Uh, everyone at home, like Elliot said before, please go support other streaming services. If you are subscribed to Netflix, we have recommended some good programs on there, like American Vandal and I Am Mother. Uh, but also, like I said, check out HBO, Amazon Prime, Hulu if you're in Hulu. America, Disney Plus, Sky Go, Now TV. There's plenty. Uh, Everything. Peacock, yeah. <laughs> BCI player there's there's lots and like I said physical media and that kind of stuff is still great as well where can we catch you Elliot what, what's, what's your social oh, where can people find Instagram, you Instagram Elliot Slade Twitter Elliot underscore Slade awesome so yeah check out brilliant thanks com- so much yeah thank you for joining us hope you've had fun you can catch us as well on all our social medias well good movies on Facebook Instagram and now Twitter we are new to Twitter and you can also catch our website Fresh Take uh, which is Fresh Take Hub also on the same Facebook, Insta and Twitter so yeah thank you both uh, th- hope you've had a good Ta-da. day and uh, yes, enjoy, so enjoy the rainy weather outside <laughs> will do uh, catch you on the next one guys see ya bye bye good luck
Alex, where do I get that from? <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> <laughs>